All right, what's going on, guys? John Schaefer with you here on a Aztec wrap-up show. Apologize for the delay. Um, my son is in the process of still going to sleep, so if I'm a little quieter than normal, my apologies. There's a lot to get into from a San Diego State perspective here tonight. We'll talk about the coaching search. We'll talk about Brady Hook's final game. The seniors going out with a win. We'll talk some Aztecs hoops. Will the Aztecs be ranked come Monday? Now 5-1 and one after winning in uh, San Juan Capistrano. I'm sure a number of you were there. Um, so there's a lot to get into. Let's get right into it, in fact. So first of all, if you're here, whether it's live or on replay, do appreciate uh, if you consider subscribing. Um, it's a bit of a passion project for me. If you are an Aztec fan, uh, would appreciate it if you subscribe. So please subscribe if you are here, whether it's live or on replay. If you wouldn't mind smashing the like button for me, you can follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer, J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. And let's get right to it. I think the the latest news here in the search, and we don't know how long this is going to go on. We found out about 10 or 12 days ago that Brady Hook was retiring at the end of the season. Uh, Aztecs go out winners. Uh, they do it over Fresno State, which is pretty sweet to do. They get the old oil can back. They play as well as they played all year. Last night, they win 33-18 at Snapdragon. They finish off a 4-8 and eight season, but they go out as winners. So congratulations to Brady Hoke and the senior class for picking up a victory yesterday. And of course, you turn the page now to San Diego State's coaching candidates. And uh, we had already heard about a couple that we talked about last week. We heard about Tony White, Nebraska's defensive coordinator, who of course spent about nine years on the Mesa as an assistant, a cornerbacks coach with the Aztecs. He's done a really good job with Nebraska this year. I know they went only five and seven, but he was the DC for Nebraska. They had a top 20 defense, I think in total yardage and points allowed this year. And again, it's a really well-respected um, coach who has yet to be a head coach um, that has ties to San Diego State. Yes, he's a defensive coach, but is known to be a very good recruiter and did a good job at Nebraska despite that 5-7 and seven overall record because their defense was really the calling card for that team. We also heard about Brennan Marion, uh, UNLV's OC, who is young. He's only 36 years of age. Tony White, I think, is 44, 44, 45. But uh, UNLV has been a revelation, obviously, this year. Uh, the top 25 offense, 9-3 and three overall, even with a loss to San Jose State this past weekend. They're in the Mountain West Championship game. They're going to host Boise State. Um, even in the loss, they scored 31 points this past week. So there's been a lot of talk um, about Brennan Marion, um, you know, who's really done a nice job. He's coined this go-go offense. It's only his first year as an OC at the FBS level, but he's been a previous um, offensive coordinator, I think at two previous FCS stops, Howard and William and Mary, potentially for Brendan Marion, who has been quoted publicly in the UT in terms of a desire for the job. Now we found out within the last 24 hours, I think the athletic was the first to report it. Then Ken Niamatololo, the longtime Navy head coach who's on staff in an advisory role right now at UCLA with the Bruins under Chip Kelly has also been contacted, I believe. I think that's the right terminology. I'm not sure if he's interviewed or if he's been contacted or if he reached out um, to San Diego State. But Ken Niamatololo, who at times had Navy rolling. Now, it did not finish well. He had three consecutive losing seasons. Of course, the offense they ran at Navy as an academy was a triple option. Um, so that would be obviously unconventional, and you're not going to run a triple option, you wouldn't think, at San Diego State, um, but a well-respected coach um, that did really phenomenal job for the better part of a decade at Navy. It did not go well at the end, but a highly respected individual, um, again, with ties to a triple option, which I don't think is going to be you know, overly appealing for a lot of Aztec fans. But then again, if he brings in an offensive coordinator that runs a different offense, um, 
you know, more of a uh, RPO offense. I think he was considered a couple of years ago for Arizona's head coach job before um, whomever they ended up hiring, who's done an amazing job right now, who we saw the last um, three years. If you know the name that's failing me right now, just put it in the chat. <laughs> Because I forget um, who's at Arizona right now. But before they hired whomever they hired, um, Nia Matalola was considered, and they, he was considered despite the fact that he was running a triple option again at Navy. He was going to bring in a different option, obviously, um, if he got the Arizona job. So th those are the names right now that we've heard linked to San Diego State. You've got Ken Nia Matalolo, longtime Navy head coach, who's at UCLA right now. You have Tony White, who spent nine years at San Diego State, the Nebraska, D.C., you have Brennan Marion, the UNLV offensive coordinator, top 25 offense in the country, 9-3 and three overall, complete resurgence. He's only 36 years of age. Um, Jed Fish, thank you, Don. Appreciate that. I don't know why that failed me. Uh, thank you, Brian, for letting me know. Um, so those are three names that we know San Diego State has had contact with reportedly, according to sources. There are other logical candidates that are either – um, candidates as a head coach or potential candidates as a coordinator as well. We ran through one of those names last week when we had a wrap-up show. Brent Brennan, who is the head coach of San Jose State, he's got the hottest team in the Mountain West, despite the fact that they're not in the Mountain West Championship game. They've won six consecutive games. Uh, they beat San Diego State during that six-game winning streak. They just won in Vegas this past weekend. Um, they deserve, based on the way they're playing right now, I think, to be in the Mountain West Championship game, even though they were left out because of metrics. But they're playing as well as anyone in the Mountain West right now. They're one of the hottest teams in the country, in fact, certainly outside of the Power Five. He's done a really good job at San Jose State. I want to say his first two years, he was either 3-21 and or 3-22. and And the last four years have been great. San Jose State, the COVID year, won the Mountain West. And they've played good football since 2020. Well over 500 overall record for Brent Brennan since 2020. His ties to Oregon State because he coached there previously. He might be on their shortlist, potentially. Um, I said last week, maybe it's not the sexiest of names, but has California ties. Has done well in the quarterback recruiting game with Chevin Cordero, who has been at San Jose State and performed well the last couple of years. So, um, again, because of his ties to the Mountain West, because of his ties to the state of California, I think will be a sought-after name this offseason, potentially with Oregon State, potentially with San Diego State, maybe even others. For Brent Brennan, who has done about as much as you can possibly do potentially at San Jose State with their resources, you would think San Diego State would have more resources, facilities, revenue, um, salary pool potentially for Brent Brennan to work with. So it's a name that, again, hasn't really been sourced in terms of link to San Diego State, but I think it is a name to keep an eye on. In terms of coordinators, you've got a couple of interesting names with ties to San Diego State on the defensive side of the ball. You have Zach Arnett. Former San Diego State DC um, took over at Mississippi State as the head coach, um, you know, here recently, and then was fired. I think ten games into the season after the tragic passing of Mike Leach, he was hired, and he was fired within the same year. Now he's going to be a highly sought after defensive coordinator, a very highly sought after defensive coordinator. Um, if San Diego State could somehow lure him as a DC. Um, if not as a head coach, I think he'll get consideration potentially for a group of five head coaching opportunities if he wants them. But he'll be a highly sought-after defensive coordinator candidate, you would think, of the Power Five. And then you have Danny Gonzalez, who was just fired, I think, either today or yesterday at New Mexico, former San Diego State defensive coordinator, four years in New Mexico. I thought he did a pretty good job this year. They were in a lot of games. I think they ended up winning four or five games this year. Had a couple of good wins, including Fresno State just a couple of weeks ago. He also will be highly sought-after as a defensive coordinator. 
because of his ties to Brady and Rocky and the 335. So Gonzalez, Arnett run a 335. Tony White, of course, would run a 335. Um, so I think that's something that San Diego State prides themselves in running, and it's been successful the last 15 years. They took a step back, obviously, defensively this year in going four and eight. But it is something I would envision or could envision San Diego State running moving forward. Um, so those are the names. I mean, in terms of, you know, outside the box names, we, we talked a little bit about that last week as well. It looks like Oregon State's offensive coordinator is going to follow Jonathan Smith with um, with Jonathan over to Michigan State because Jonathan Smith this weekend accepted the Michigan State job, which was a little bit of a surprise. But if you follow it, it shouldn't come as much of a surprise considering Oregon State and all the question marks around the Beavers program in Corvallis because the Pac-12 has essentially evaporated around Oregon State and they might continue to spend at a Power 5 level. But, you know, can they remain competitive are they technically a Power 5 program? There's all these open-ended questions about Oregon State. So Jonathan Smith leaving for Michigan State, along with his offensive coordinator, um, reportedly. Then you've got Ryan Grubb, who's the OC at the University of Washington, who could get Power 5 offers <coughs> Excuse me, um, over the next you know week or two. He's obviously coaching in a Pac-12 uh, title game coming up on Friday night in Las Vegas. You have the Washington State OC, that's been mentioned. You've got the Oregon OC that's been mentioned as well. Uh, J.D. Wicker saying about a week or 10 days ago to the media when he met with the media about the coaching search, he said that um, he would value ties to the West Coast. That would be something that they consider. Uh, ties to San Diego State, of course, um, wouldn't hurt a candidate, but that is not necessarily a prerequisite for a candidate um, at San Diego State. So those are some of the names I think that are out there right now. For San Diego State, if I'm missing someone, please put it in the chat. If there's a name you'd want me to discuss or a name that you've seen out there that's been discussed over the last week or two, uh, please put it in the chat. And we can discuss that here tonight. And again, as you make your way in, whether it's live or on replay, really would appreciate it if you subscribe. Just got this channel off the ground in the last few months. I've um, been trying to do it as often as possible. The more interaction that there is, the more subscribers that there are the more likes that these videos get, uh, the more videos that I'll be producing and the more content I'll be providing. So if you are here live or on replay, if you wouldn't mind subscribing, would really appreciate it. Year-round content for Aztec fans, whether it's football fans or basketball fans, we are here for you on the Aztec wrap-up show. Smash the like button for me as well. If you wouldn't mind and follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer, that's J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. I want to get to this from Jackson. Thank you, Jackson. He says, keep up the great work, John. Love the content. Who would be your preferred choice for a head coach? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I don't really have a preferred name. Um, I'm intrigued by all of the names, and it's kind of enjoyable to follow something like this because San Diego State hasn't gone through a search like this in basically 15 years since they hired Brady a first time around. So it's interesting to watch. I think a lot of fans are intrigued by the idea of going offense first with the head coach. But I think San Diego State would prefer to make the best hire as opposed, as opposed to the best offensive hire. And I think if they do hire a defensive coach, quote-unquote, they will obviously look to bring in um, an offensive coordinator that can improve San Diego State's offense potentially. Now, I think Ryan Lindley has done a good job, to be honest with you. I think you consider the circumstance um, replacing the receivers on the outside this year, the Shavers and the Matthews. Um, you know, I think they did take a step forward on offense, especially, 
you know, games like Boise State, Fresno State yesterday. I think we saw some creativity yesterday. They go for over 400 yards in that victory against Fresno State. So I'd love to see Ryan Lindley stay on the staff. I don't know if it would be as offensive coordinator, maybe quarterback coach, but I'd love to see Ryan Lindley because of his ties stay on the staff. But in regards to who I would prefer, I, you know, it's so hard for me to know. It's such a blank canvas. I'm sure there's five, six, seven, eight potential candidates that haven't even been mentioned because San Diego State's going to play this somewhat close to the vest, so to speak. And um, this hasn't been an overly public search. There are not a lot of media members that have covered this. I think the athletic, to some extent, Chris Vanini, of course, Kirk Kenny at the UT. But outside of that, there, you know, there's not, you know, 10, 15, 20 media members that are covering this search. Bruce Feldman at the athletic has written a little bit about this search. Um, I, I hope they hire the best candidate. You know, I, I'm more in that category as opposed to the best offensive coach. I think you hire the right person for San Diego State who fits the culture, who can um, continue to build off this culture and can continue to win. Because if you look at San Diego State over the last 15 years, yeah, 2023 didn't go well. But by and large, the last 15 years, they've won at a very high level in the Mountain West. You know, top two or top three in the Mountain West over the last 15 years in terms of winning percentage with Boise State and Fresno State. And that's something you hope to continue despite what happened here in 2023. All right, some names rolling in. Brian, thank you. Brian Harson being mentioned. He did a really good job at Boise. Now, it did not go well at Auburn. Um, he didn't even make it through two years. Now, it's the SEC, so it's a different beast. But I want to say he was something like 69-19 and 19 at Boise, which surprised me to some extent. They didn't win a ton of Mountain West titles, but he was in Mountain West championship games and won at a very high clip. So it's a name that's being tossed around, I know, in Boise. I think other openings, you're going to hear that name potentially because he's still relatively young and he's won at a high level. So, you know, Brian Harson is an intriguing name because he's had success and he's had success previously and he's got ties to the Mountain West. Um, you've got um, Joel, thank you, the head coach of Montana. I think you're talking about Hauk, who previously was at San Diego State. Uh, you're talking about Bobby Hauk, who was at San Diego State. He's done a really good job, really good job at Montana. Um, yeah, I think it's a name that could get consideration. Obviously, he's coaching at the FCS level, not the FBS lo uh, level, but that that wouldn't concern me, and that wouldn't surprise me if they went outside the FBS ranks, at least to interview candidates. And Bobby Hauck has done a really good job, um, including, I think, in 2023. I don't follow a lot of FCS football, but I think Montana had a very good year and is in the FCS postseason, potentially was a conference champion, correct me, if I'm wrong, um, Eric Lanier, who's a longtime supporter of this channel and the Padres wrap-up show channel as well in the chat. Eric, what's going on, man? Appreciate you hanging out. He says he likes Brendan Marion, the UNLV offensive coordinator. Yeah, it's hard to be critical of what they've done. And Barry Odom, the head coach, deserves credit. Brendan Marion, the first-year OC, who's got this really high ceiling and this really you know heightened trajectory across FBS football, uh, could absolutely be an OC next year at the Power 5 level, could be a head coach next year at the Group of 5 level. It could be San Diego State. I mean, UNLV is scoring like a top 20 offense. They scored 31 points this past weekend against San Jose State in a loss. Um, I want to say they had four consecutive games scoring 40 or more earlier this year. And it's UNLV and they're 9-3 and three, and they've been irrelevant for 25 years. So Odom and Marion deserve a lot of credit for accomplishing that here in 2023. Now, is it too soon because he's 36 years of age? Is it too soon because he's only called plays for one year at the FBS level? Potentially, but is it an interesting name? Could it be an OC at San Diego State under a defensive-minded head coach like a Tony White or a Zach Arnett, right? These are the questions I think that, that are probably being tossed around. Um, 
by the Aztecs. Um, let's see. Uh, James, thank you, man. He says, John needs a diehard Aztec person to join him in these streams, but that would be cheating on Jim. Oh, I'm fine to cheat on Jim. I am fine to cheat on Jim, and I promise you this, it will not be Jim because Jim is not a diehard Aztec fan. Um, I like to, this is kind of a solo venture. I, I enjoy doing this as a side project. And um, I just feel like I've got such interest and passion. And there's a lot of Aztec fans that are interested in this type of content that I just like doing it for Aztec fans. And um, while there are others that cover the Aztecs, I just kind of like doing this solo. It's completely different than what I do with like the Padres wrap-up show, if you've ever watched that or what we do on John and Jim. Um, but I think the more we do it, um, the more that the style is going to work. But appreciate it, James. I'm comfortable doing it right now as a solo project. Maybe in the in the future, one day it'll change. It'll be a two-person show. But right now, it's going to be a solo project. Um, yeah, Bobby Houck was at UNLV previously. Again, that's a tough job, Brian. There's no question about it. What they're doing right now is impressive because it hasn't really been done for the last 25 years. You know, it's funny you mentioned this name. What Moore has done is it Sharon Moore and Michigan, who's been the head coach, the acting head coach the last three weeks with Jim Harbaugh on suspension, you know, the win against Ohio State and he beat Penn State and 3-0, Michigan's 12-0. He's gotten a lot of acclaim from his players and, right, the coaching community and the media for the job he did at Michigan. It's intriguing. I don't know anything about him. I, I know nothing about him other than what he has said post game the last couple of weeks, crying in State College after the win against Penn State and saying that the coaches and the players had run through a wall for Jim Harbaugh this past week when they beat Ohio State. I mean, I think he called close to a perfect game this past week against Ohio State to win by six. Um, interesting name. I, I have no idea his, um, you know, where what his previous stops are. I don't even know what his ties are, whether it's offensively or defensively. I, I don't know anything about him other than what I've seen on the sideline the last three weeks for a team that's likely headed to the college football playoff. But, yeah, if he has interest in coaching – or being a head coach, you would think he would get looks based on what has transpired here in Ann Arbor over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Shane uh, talked about this off the top. He says, sounds like we interviewed Ken Niamatololo. Any thoughts? I mean, my, my thoughts are this. I mean, obviously, a lot of Aztec fans, I think, initially are going to say, well, hold on. He ran a triple option, right? That's the last thing we want to see at San Diego State. But then again, if he came in as the head coach, that doesn't mean that they'd be running a triple option. In fact, we know that San Diego State would not be running a triple option. So he'd have to bring in an OC to run a different offense. I mean, you look at the success he had, uh, three-time AAC coach of the year. Um, you know, it, you look at his playing career. I mean, he was a quarterback at Hawaii. He's currently at UCLA. Like, listen to the run he had. Like this is from 2008 on. Just listen to this. I'll read through it. Eight and five, ten and four, nine and four, five and seven, eight and five, nine and four, eight and five, eleven and two, nine and five, seven and six, three and ten, eleven and two. That was through 2019. So he was completely rolling. The issue was the last three years. Three and seven in the COVID year. Okay, it was a COVID year. Everything was, you know, a mess. Then four and eight in 2021, four and eight in 2022. So his final three years, they went 11 and 23. And he was still 109 and 83 overall at Navy. So if you could, if you took his career through 2019 and eliminated those, you know, 11 and 23 finish, what would he have been? He would have been 98. He was 98 and 60 at one point. I mean, that's really impressive especially in the academy. He was completely rolling. 
um, bowl appearance after bowl appearance, like 10 bowl appearances in a 12-year period, something like that. So it was going very well. He's obviously a highly respected coach. Uh, he's 58 years of age. Um, you would think could really recruit the islands of Hawaii because he's of Hawaiian descent. But, you know, again, because of his ties to the triple option, because of what happened the last three years at Navy, um, you know, I don't really know what to think about it. If you would have told me after 2019, I mean, Ken Niamatololo after 2019 could have coached in most power five spots, not every, but the success he was having would have warranted a lot of consideration across power five football. But then what happened the last three years um, and considering San Diego state is looking to, obviously change their offensive philosophy. I just don't know if it's the right fit for the Aztecs right now or not. Bronco Mendenhall is an interesting name um, with his ties to the West, BYU, Virginia. Um, yeah, very intriguing name. I want to say that there were some reports that potentially Boise would be interviewing Mendenhall, although Boise now has found themselves in the Mountain West Championship game and their interim coach is Spencer Danielson, I think could get consideration for that job. Uh, Mendenhall, like Niamata Lolo, similar age, 57 years of age. Um, has had a ton of success as a head coach. Like his overall record is going to be really good as I look at it. I mean, he had a run, but you're going back a decade at BYU 11 and 2, 11 and 2, 10 and 3, 11 and 2. Virginia, I think he did. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well not overly well uh, all overall he's 135 and 81 which is a great record he was 99 and 43 at byu but only 36 and 38 at virginia so he he was all right at virginia took him to three bowl games um the first year he went two and ten and from from there he you know performed pretty well six and seven eight and five nine and five five and five six and six last was a head coach in 2021 so another interesting name uh, with ties to the West, of course, because of BYU. Uh, Brian says the burnout factor concerns me with Bronco. Yeah, I, I just don't know enough about him and what he's been doing the last two years since leaving Virginia. Because I think he stepped aside, right? He wasn't let go. He stepped aside. Um, Don, thank you for weighing in here. He says his pick would be Tony White with a cutting-edge offensive coordinator. Put Lindley a quarterback coach and keep Doug Deacon. Tony White helped build the Hard-nosed culture and no San Diego and Southern California recruiting. I think it's an interesting point. I think it's a great name. And I think a lot more people would be talking about Tony White if it wasn't for this strong desire from a lot of the fan base to go offense first. 
But my theory there is a lot of head coaches aren't even calling plays anyway. So why not just hire the best head coach if you can guarantee you're getting a good play caller that can bring in a quarterback? Like I'm more concerned with the play caller than I am the head coach potentially if you're worried about seeing an improved San Diego State offense. And that's where Tony White becomes intriguing. Like let's just envision Tony White with Brennan Marion who brings a quarterback with him. Like that would be a home run, right? Like it would be hard to do better than that if you were J.D. Wicker. Or something like that. And that's why I do like the name Tony White. And when people ask me, you know, what would I prefer? Um, when I think about the possibilities, I think Tony White keeps coming into my mind because of his ties to San Diego State and because of the job he's done since leaving San Diego State, um, because he's known as an excellent recruiter, because he's in his mid-40s, and because if he can bring in the right offensive coordinator, I think he can have success. Um, so it's a name to at least – consider it's hard to say who a front runner is we don't even know probably half the candidates but i think tony white if nothing else is um warranting consideration thank you eric appreciate that he says appreciate the work john you're my go-to for aztecs content really do appreciate that um max thank you he says uh, i really want an offensive-minded coach just to bring some much-needed excitement back and to hopefully attract some quality quarterbacks and i think you share the sentiment of a lot of aztec fans and i think that's why you're seeing offensive coordinators tied to San Diego State or when you see some of these lists put together by like a Kirk Kenny in the UT or Chris Vanini or Bruce Feldman at the athletic you're seeing a lot of offense first names but you're also seeing names like Zach Arnett and Tony White and you know um, even a Danny Gonzalez potentially is like a defensive coordinator you're going to see coaches with ties to the three, three, five or coaches that have had success in the defensive side of the ball as well, because San Diego state has won. This is the basically the winningest period in San Diego state history has coincided with defense first. So I don't think they immediately looked the other way just because this team went four and eight and was not good on offense. And the offense has taken a step back over the last, you know, three or four years. I don't think they automatically say we have to go offense because of what happened in 2023, whether people like that or not, that's just kind of my sentiment as I see it from the outside. Uh, Robbie, thank you. He says, did you see where Kyle Turley emailed JD for the head coaching job? I think he'd make a great offensive line coach. Um, yeah, he could potentially make a great coach. I, I don't really know um, what his coaching resume looks like. Has he coached at all since playing in any respect? I, I don't I don't know if Kyle Turley has coached. He's obviously a name because of his you know career. But um, regarding being a head coach, I just don't know if, what he's done previously um, or if he's even coached at all. But in terms of being a coach on a staff, um, that would be interesting, Robbie. It really would. Um, yeah, I don't know about this, Max. I mean, if we're talking about Brady, you know, I don't even know if San Diego State's in this spot where they were on the cusp of the Power Five where they get a new stadium. Like, it, it you got to remember where San Diego State was before Brady Hoke. Zero winning seasons in their, what, 11 years prior – when he won nine games the second year, it was our first nine-win season since like 77, like 32 years. Like, Brady Hook deserves a lot of credit for getting San Diego State back on the map. And now you're looking to hire a coach that can continue to elevate the program. But, you know, I, I think it's – if we're being reasonable and fair, Brady Hook did a really good job here. Um, obviously, the first stint, getting the Michigan head coach job out of it, so – you know, I think there were others that held him in high esteem after that. And what he did these last four years was challenging, obviously, COVID, but then 12 and two, and then seven and six. And then this past year wasn't up to standard. There's no question about it. But the idea that it was some, 
you know, failure or it wasn't successful. I think by and large it was, you know, 2023 wasn't, but I think there were a lot of successful years in there. His second year, the 12 and two years, the most wins in the history of the school. Um, you know, last year wasn't some extreme absurd disappointment that Fresno State game was where they had an 18 point lead that completely changed the course of the season potentially for the Aztecs. They went seven and five in the regular season um, last year. And, you know, that's not the worst year in school history. Now, this year wasn't up to standard. They want to compete for conference championships and get to conference championship games and one, and be one of the better group of five teams in the country. And four and eight wasn't good enough. Um, and I think all parties recognize that. And they want to get back to where they were just a couple of years ago, and they're winning 10-plus games. But, you know, to be fair, I think Brady's legacy is pretty secure at San Diego State. Um Brian, thank you. He says, Jeff Tedford, culture guy, hires good offensive coordinators, recruits great quarterbacks. I'd be shocked by that um, with his ties, obviously, to Fresno State. And just at this stage in his career, um, that would be very surprising to me. But, of course, Jeff Tedford has recruited quarterbacks incredibly well for the last 25 years and has coached incredibly well. He's been one of the better group of five coaches in the country, and that's why Fresno State has you know, been – you know, you could argue on par with San Diego State over the last 15 years, right? I mean, Fresno's had some really good teams. Jeff Tedford's a part of some of those really good teams at Fresno State. Um, yeah, and I'm with you, Max. I know, I know that you're just kind of probably saying it facetiously or joking. He says, I agree. That's true. I was mainly just focusing on this final year, which isn't fair to the overall job he did. Yeah, this this year wasn't, wasn't good enough. Um, and I think Brady would say that, and he would tell you it was disappointing. And I think he recognized that. Now is the right time to do this. And I think San Diego State's administration realizes that they want to put themselves in a position where they're winning at a higher level than they won this year. But it's about more than just, you know, um, you know, you got to win the right way here is what I would say. I think Brady and Rocky really built a strong culture, and there's a lot of assistants that were part of that as well. And, um, you know, I don't think this is going to be the Colorado situation. I don't think 80 new scholarship players are coming in. I don't think everyone's going to be forced out. I don't think you're going to see wholesale change. I think they believe they have some players in place that can contribute on both sides of the ball. And, of course, there's going to be changes. It's modern FBS football with the transfer portal and with NIL. So there's going to be change, and I'm sure there'll be significant change, but it will not look like Colorado. Um, J.D. Wickers, you know, essentially said that when he spoke to the media a couple of weeks ago. Um you know, football is changing, but this is not going to be the Colorado situation at San Diego State. Um, Brian St. Tedford rumored for Oregon State. It would be an interesting hire. Um, a very important hire coming up for Oregon State with all their instability right now in this, you know, Pac-2 or Pac-12, whatever it is. Very important hire for San Diego State, for all these schools. I mean, you you look at the list. I mean, the list is growing here today. Um, trying to see where, where I saw it. I, I don't think that's a problem, by the way. For the Aztecs, the fact that the list is um, growing and there's a number of vacan vacancies, I think San Diego State's job is a good one. I think you look at some of the Power Five jobs that are open; they're not, you know, the best Power Five jobs, and some of the Group of Five jobs. Um, I think San Diego State's at the top of the list. Chris Vanini at the Athletic saying that San Diego State was a better job than Boise State by a thin margin. Some of these Power Five jobs that are open, Indiana has not traditionally been a good job. You know, Houston, I think, is an intriguing job now in the Big 12. Um, but some of these other jobs that are open um, are lower-level group of five jobs. And then some of the higher-level Power Five jobs, we weren't con competing for those head coaches anyway. I mean, the Texas A&M job, the Michigan State job, I mean, obviously those jobs are paying like $10 million a year. So San Diego State isn't going after that same candidate pool. Um, interesting name, Kirk, and I think this name has popped up over the last week. David Shaw, 
um, from one Harvard of the West to the other one. I love that, Kirk. I really do. I mean, David Shaw is similar to some of these candidates that we've talked about. Highly respected, um, absolutely can build a culture. The concern would be the way it ended, right? Like Kenny Amatololo, um, where highly respected at one point was considered one of the top coaches in the country, but then you had the drop off the final three years. You think about you know, David Shaw. Now, Stanford did not have NIL resources and was not relying on the transfer portal. David Shaw's first decade at Stanford was like as good as any coach in the country 11 and 2, 12 and 2, 11 and 3, 8 and 5, 12 and 2, 10 and 3, 9 and 5, 9 and 4, with three Rose Bowls in there. But the final four years, four years, four and eight, now four and two in 2020, COVID year, three and nine, three and nine. Still with that, he's 96 and 54. And he's only taken one year off. So it's a very interesting name. Of course, he took over at Stanford after Jim Harbaugh left to become head coach of the Niners. Um, you know, three-time or more, a four-time Pac-12 coach of the year. Three-time Pac-12 champion, three-time Rose Bowl. Um, did he coach under Harbaugh at USD? I think he did. Then he was the OC at Stanford. And then he was the head coach at Stanford. So... And he's a San Diegan. So what do you guys think about that name? What do you think about the name David Shaw? Again, the end wasn't good. The end wasn't good, but, you know, highly respected, uh, massively successful in a, a tough job historically, Stanford. And by the end, again, because of potentially resources, NIL, transfer portal, it was not going well for David Shaw at Stanford the last couple of years. Um, all right, we have another handful of minutes here because I'm doing a Padres wrap-up show coming up. At 9.35, uh, let me just see what else is in here. Um, Don's saying if San Diego State doesn't get a 3.35 DC, they're going to have to hit the transfer portal hard because we've been recruiting to that defense for over a decade. I'd be surprised personally if they're not running a 3.35 moving forward, but it's hard to say because I don't know who the next head coach is going to be. But you would think the way the 3.35 has spread throughout the SEC, the way coaches like um, Zach Arnett and Danny Gonzalez are going to be highly sought after because of their ties to Rocky Long, um, and Brady Hoke, I, I would think they'd be running the three three five moving forward. I would think that's a kind of a staple and part of the DNA of San Diego State. Uh, interesting, Robbie. The athletic at San Diego State ranked right behind the Mississippi State job. Yeah, that, that's what you're looking at. I mean, this this is better than a number of Power Five jobs. Again, it's dependent on how you look at it, but uh, the athletic has written that this is better than a number of Power Five jobs. JD Wicker has said that as well. Um, it, it just is. I mean, it might not pay the exact same as some Power 5 jobs, but your chance to win here is a lot better than your chances to win at Rutgers, Vanderbilt, Northwestern, et cetera. Um, Brian saying San Diego State's a better job than Oregon State, according to Chris Vanini, and you could absolutely argue it with what's happened here with the Pac-12. I think Oregon State's going to have more financial resources, but that's only for the short term, potentially. Yeah, maybe for the next two years, but what happens four years down the line? Um, Greg, thank you. He says, what additional commitments do you expect the new head coach to ask the athletic department for? What are the next one or two investments the department needs to make in football in order to be competitive? That is a great question, Greg. Here are a couple of things. J.D. Wicker has talked about this. I think he has essentially said that San Diego State can be as competitive as anyone in the Mountain West with a salary and probably a salary pool. What is the salary pool? 
what a head coach will have for his assistants. I think when you look at San Diego State's head coaching salary along with the pool, when you add that all up, it's going to be either 1 or 1A with Boise State in the Mountain West. Um, they have the facility with Snapdragon Stadium. They have Southern California. They have a university with a high academic reputation. Could they improve some of their on-campus facilities? J.D. Wickers talked about it. I think they could, and I think it's under consideration potentially. Um, maybe it's upgrades within Fowler. Maybe it's upgrades to some of the practice facilities. Maybe it's upgrades to some of the weight rooms. I'm not entirely sure what that would look like. I think they have what they need right now to be successful. Could they have more in terms of on-campus facilities? I think there's no question about that. But the thing you really harp in on is resources in terms of what are they going to pay the head coach and the assistants. And if San Diego State is at the top of the Mountain West, then they're essentially at the top of the group of five. Yeah, there are going to be others that are going to be, you know, private schools out east like Liberty or the Coastal Carolina, right? There's some programs that have really spent in the group of five. Um, I, I don't know, Tulane here under Willie Fritz the last couple of years. I'm not sure exactly the investments they've made. But San Diego State's right there. I think they're going to pay top dollar when it comes to group of five football. They have Snapdragon Stadium. I think they could make some investments on campus with facilities related to football. And J.D. Wicker has discussed that. And they, you know, I think have the resources available to, to do that. Now, what are they going to do in the NIL space? Again, that's that's more a discussion for the collectives than it is for the university because the university can only go so far when it relates to name, image, and likeness. So that's something that's a little bit above my pay grade. Um, but it's something that I think the Aztecs recognize that they probably need to be more heavily involved in the NIL space to retain talent, lure potential players, and you know, to put themselves in a position where they're in the I don't know, top third potentially at the Mountain West. I don't even know if they're not there right now in the Mountain West, but NIL is important. It's just important whether you're in the Power Five or the Group of Five. Every school could probably be doing better outside of like the top three when you look at like the Alabamas and the Ohio States and the Michigans. So I think there's an emphasis probably on NIL. There's an emphasis potentially on on-campus facilities. But I think other than that, you know, San Diego State is um, – it's really well positioned. Great point, Don. If you haven't joined Aztec Link, you should. Um, you really should. I mean, if you support Aztec Athletics, whether it's Aztec Link, Mesa Foundation, um, it's important. It really is. And you can do it for like a dollar a month or whatever you can contribute to something that's impactful. It's a way to retain student athletes at San Diego State. And it's critically important. If you look at what's going on in the portal and NIL, um, things like Aztec Link, Mesa Foundation, supporting NIL collectives around San Diego State, there is no question about it. That is critically important. All right, final couple of minutes of the show. I want to say this. San Diego State basketball, if they're not ranked tomorrow, that's a shame and people aren't paying attention. They're 5-1. and one. I know some of these wins have been close, but they are 5-1 and one with good, high-quality wins. Yes, Cal is in the 100s and Ken Palm, not in the top 100, but they're pesky and dangerous, and they've got high major players on their team. And at some point, they're going to knock – people off in the Pac-12, and it's not going to surprise me because I watched them yesterday firsthand. But you look at the wins they've got already, San Diego State, Long Beach State, St. Mary's, Washington, even a Fullerton, Cal yesterday. Aztecs deserve to be ranked um, for whatever it's worth. I know Brian Dutcher is not going to concern himself overly with it. Aztecs play Point Loma on Monday. It was a hell of an atmosphere at J. Sarah, if you were there um, yesterday up in San Juan Capistrano. An amazing atmosphere, really good game. Um, and credit to Cal for coming back from 12 down. Aztecs found a way, though, in overtime again. 
And not only should the Aztecs be ranked, they should be in the top 20, to be honest. If you look at the resumes around college basketball, if you're basing it on this year's accomplishments, there's no reason San Diego State should not be in the top 20. I do expect them to be back in the top 25 potentially tomorrow. And if they're not, shame on the voters. Shame on the voters because San Diego State has, you know, a challenge has really challenged themselves at the schedule at BYU, Washington, St. Mary's, Cal. They're going to Grand Canyon in about a week. They're still going to Gonzaga. They've got Stanford. They got road games at UCSD. I mean, teams coming off a trip to the Final Four don't usually challenge themselves like this. And sometimes they try to get out of games like the games that the Aztecs are playing this year. Credit to Matt Soria, Brian Dutcher, Matt Soria on Brian Dutcher's staff who does scheduling. I mean, the schedule is incredible. Um, but you're not going to see Kansas play, you know, across town at UMKC, Missouri, Kansas City. But San Diego State's playing UCSD. You're not going to see Kansas play at Grand Canyon. You'll see San Diego State do it. Um, you're not going to see, you know, other programs potentially pay, play Gonzaga. But the Aztecs want to challenge themselves. They think they'll be better off for it in the second half of the year and hopefully in the NCAA tournament, a lot like last year. When they played in Maui, lost two out of three games in Maui, they were better off for it, though, um, down the stretch. So whether they're ranked or not, they're just trying to build a resume. Uh, the metrics are very good. Top 20 right now in Ken Palm, 5-1 and one with good quality wins. And they'll look to build on that this week with Point Loma, very quality Division II program, one of the better Division II programs in the country over the last handful of years. That'll be Monday at Viejas, and then Friday at UCSD. Then they go to Grand Canyon. And then it goes on and on and on. Stanford to come in December, Gonzaga, and then Mountain West Conference play as well. And to Don's point in the chat, BYU right now, like there's no shame in losing in Provo. The Aztecs are 4-31 and all-time in Provo. And BYU is 6-0 and and top 10 right now in Ken Pop. So like it's as good of a loss as you can basically take. And that's what the Aztecs, you know, took. Um, and... You know, I, I credit them for scheduling the game. They could have hosted Mississippi Valley State and be 6-0 and and be ranked 11th right now in the AP, but they played BYU and they lost that game. And ultimately, they're going to learn from that and be better off for it in the second half of the year. Real quick, a final name here from John. What about Dino Babers? was an SDSU assistant, and I think he would be good here. Syracuse was tough for him. Yeah, it's interesting because he's had such a fascination with the 3-3-5, hiring all kinds of San Diego State assistants, um, including Rocky Long, obviously. Um, to guide that three three five this past year, he grew up in San Diego. He was born in Honolulu. I'm just googling right now. Um, but an offense first coach, um, and he had that offense rolling at times at Syracuse. That's one of the toughest Power Five jobs in the country. Ten and three in 2018, seven and six last. Year. I mean, he had a lot of like five and seven years outside of that ten and three year with Syracuse in 2018. Seven and six a year ago couple of bowl games overall. It's an intriguing name. You know, it really is. Um, yeah, like former OC at Texas A&M, um, former wide receiver coach. Um, he had a pretty prolific offense at Syracuse at times. And again, has a lot of ties to San Diego State um, because he wanted to implement that 3-3-5 and hired a number of former Aztec um, coaches to run that 3-3-5 at Syracuse. So very interesting name. And a name that, yeah, I hadn't really thought of. I know he was just fired by Syracuse. And sometimes um, you might not be apt to hire a coach immediately after being fired. But it's interesting because of his ties to the West and San Diego and his offense first. Um, it's an interesting name. I like that, John. I really do. All right, guys. I got to roll. If you're here, please subscribe. You're on content for Aztec fans. That's all I ask of you. If you're here live or on replay, uh, if you're looking for more of this, the more – 
um, subscribers. The more likes, the more I'm going to be doing this. So please subscribe if you're here. We, if you're on content for Aztec fans, smash the like button for me if you wouldn't mind. Uh, follow me on Twitter if you wouldn't mind, at John Schaefer. That is J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. More of this as the coaching search continues to develop in the days and potentially weeks ahead. We could have We could have a new head coach for San Diego State in 24 hours, or it could be two weeks from now. But I would expect between now and two weeks from today, San Diego State will have a head coach for 2024 and hopefully beyond. All right, guys, appreciate you hanging out. Thank you so much for your support of the channel. I'm hopping on a Padres wrap-up show next, and I uh, appreciate you hanging out. My name is John Schaefer, and you've been watching the Aztec wrap-up show. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, guys. See you Monday at VA House. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.